we were talking about this challenge and, and the frustration we had and and we kind of like realized that this could be something that could be worth solving um, so we just quit our jobs and started the company Mobile workforces are becoming a fixture of the modern economy, offering companies and employees great flexibility and cost-saving benefits. But it can create a fractured and disconnected workplace culture. Gaurav Bhattacharya felt this way when he worked at a large tech company in New York. So he left and founded Involvesoft, which offers companies an Instagram-like platform to bring workers together. On this edition of Uptech Report, we talk with Gaurav about the journey that brought him from selling pencils door-to-door to founding a startup straight out of high school, and finally to his current position as the CEO of Involvesoft, where he hopes to build a company into more than just a workplace, but a thriving community. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited to learn about your journey. Uh, first off, let's let's dig in. What year did you start your company and how did that begin? Yeah, it's a great question. So we started the company in 2016. Um, and uh, so just a, a September of 2016 was the first day. Uh, just a quick background about me. So I come from a, a blue collar family, Alex. I uh, lost my dad to cancer when I was growing up and my mother used to sell utensils door to door. So just growing up, I had to do odd jobs and I was selling pens and pencils. Uh, but I got really lucky when I was about 12 years old, I got a chance to learn how to code uh, through a program that Microsoft had where they would send their engineers to teach kids in the community. Uh, so very basic stuff. I started learning how to do C++, but I got addicted with coding. I started learning English at the same time. Um, and, and when I went to high school for the first time, I met my co-founder, uh, Samia, who's who's a rock star coder too, and we both became friends. So we both had our first startup right after high school. We actually skipped college. Uh, it wasn't a success, but we learned a lot. We <laughs> made a lot of mistakes, had a lot of fun. Uh, we were about forty people, and we had a, a, a you know our company got acquired, made some money, uh, but I, but you know we got addicted with startups. And after that, we both came to the U.S. My co-founder. Uh, did her bachelor's and master's in computer science from what a year? university called yeah what year did you move then to to then california yeah so i moved in seven years ago so it was 2012 gotcha. uh, when i first came came to the u.s and i started working for a company called pwc pricewaterhousecoopers in new york and my co-founder did her bachelor's and master's in computer science um, and she had just started working for google um, after her master's and uh, I was working for PwC and we both were facing this, you know, kind of like strange issue. Like once you go from a startup to working at a big company, kind of sucks. <laughs> I don't know if, you know, there's a lot of people who must have seen it. Uh, you know, we had a lot of like things that were bothering us. That one of the biggest things that uh, we were frustrated about was just kind of like lack of knowledge, like the lack of knowledge of what's going on in the company, like what are other people working on? What's the CEO's vision? Uh, we always feel that we're not aligned with the company's purpose. Like we're doing something that doesn't really match up to what the company's doing. Um, and that was a huge problem that, that was very frustrating for me at my company and same with my co-founder. Um, so we both were just talking one day, I think it was 2016 and we were meeting up in Santa Monica because uh, we had some common friends here and we were talking about this challenge and, and the frustration we had. And, and we kind of like realized that this could be something that could be worth solving. Um, so we just quit our jobs and started the company. And it was in September, 2016. Uh, and the basic premise was that we're gonna make, uh, you know, 
uh, knowledge available in companies so successfully or so easily that people always feel connected with each other at big companies. Like we didn't know what the core problems were. We didn't know what the features we're going to build, but that's kind of what we wanted to do. And we wanted to build a company alignment platform and, and we just started. Right from there. What I, what I love is any great then product comes from experiencing a pain yourself that you yeah. say, okay, I need to solve this. And you felt it in a large company, you know, that lack mm-hmm. of connection to the vision. So then you start on another startup journey uh, with, you say, 26, uh, 16, 17, two, 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 three years ago. What, uh, yeah. where, that was also in California, started there. Uh, VC funded or bootstrapped from the beginning. How then did that first origin start of Involvesoft? Yeah, great question. So uh, we are VC funded. Uh, there's a the fund in LA, in Los Angeles called Mucker Capital. Uh, they recently made a lot, lot of news. Uh, one of the companies called Honey uh, just got bought by PayPal for $4 billion. Uh, but they're, they're very early stage investors, almost like Y Combinator, but they're based in Southern California. Uh, so they, they liked the idea. They wanted to invest in enterprise tech companies and they kind of like their vision. So we got some money from them to begin. Um, and then a year ago, we raised a seed round as well of 2.5 million uh, where market capital came in, but we had some other investors who were some early investors in Uber and Airbnb, some good investors came in as well. So we have investors like Greycroft Ventures uh, who are based in New York, but we have some other local LA funds as well. What, uh, what industry are you going, are you going after the enterprise specifically cross industries? Like what's the, the, the sweet spot that you're looking to solve, serve? Yeah, Alex, that's a great question again. So uh, what we're trying to solve for is, uh, especially companies that have a mobile workforce. So mid to large size companies that have people who are distributed, uh, not even sitting behind a computer on their phones. You, these could be our, you know, uh, like one of our customers is base connections. So they have truck drivers. They have trash pickers, they, you know, people who have restaurant workers or technicians or field salespeople. One of the biggest challenges that they face is they have, they, you know, there's a lack of a single source of information for them to check out what's going on in the company, to check out like what's going on with their projects, to get the company news, to get, you know, information that could be valuable for doing their jobs better because they're not sitting behind a computer. And at the same time, for leaders, for the C-level executives of these companies, it's hard to get data back from the field because they have multiple tools, they have you know siloed systems and people. So can we integrate with something like that and and basically gather information and serve it to the leadership as well on what's working, what's not working with some of the campaigns, with some of the goals or any friction points that are coming up in the field. So that's what the, that's the problem we're trying to solve for, and it's specifically focused on large companies or mid to large companies that have a lot of distributed workers or deskless workforce as they call it. Now, two years, a little over two years in, do you feel you found product market fit? How many clients do you have so far? How many customers? Yeah. So we have 200 customers now and we definitely feel we've found product market fit. Like we're growing in revenue. Like this year we grew 400%. We've been growing. Uh, we're very close to profitable. We have more money than we raised in our bank. Uh, so that's that's something we're that's really proud of. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like I, I was just telling, we were doing a town hall today, and I was saying that we have close to four years of runway left, so nothing can kill us but our own stupidity now. Let's dig into the technology now a bit a bit more. So you, the the base form is it's for the employees to be on there. Describe that, and then the back end of where the real power comes in. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll try to explain it in the simplest of terms. There's a product called Microsoft SharePoint. Um, I don't know if you've used it, but it's a very popular product. A lot of enterprises use it. It's been around since the 90s, but you know it has very bad interface. Uh, but what we're trying to do is like, we're trying to envision that if SharePoint was designed in 2019, how would it look like? So, so it basically means that it's gonna be mobile friendly because for the mobile workforce, but it's also gonna be integrated with all the systems you use so we can pull data. So we can do two things. We can either communicate out to those systems or we can pull data back from the systems. And the third thing would be, you know, it would be able to use machine learning or AI on the back end to also have smart predictions that could help the leadership. So these are the three core principles that we use. In short, like we, it's a platform where you can go on your phone, you can go on your laptop, quickly see everything from what's going on in the company, any meetings that are coming up to uh, company news, to acquisition knowledge, to trainings, uh, Wikipedia, wikis inside the company. So it's, it's almost like a SharePoint there, but it's, it's definitely with a better interface for the mobile workforce. Um, on the backend side of it, it, it has two core pieces of technology. One is the top-down communication element. So it can enable the chief operating officer or the chief, chief executive officer of the company to be able to broadcast information out uh, on different channels so they can send it as a newsletter. They can send text messages at scale. They can send, uh, they can post on the platform, but they can also post on say Microsoft Teams or Slack or other systems that people use. So as a broadcasting tool. So it allows oh, it to ahead. go out to other platforms that people are already on, whether it's text yeah. message or, or Microsoft or, or uh, email newsletters, but also then come back to exactly. your own platform, which is, is it an app based? Is that how it works for the end employee? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's uh, so it's not a native app. We, we've built a mobile friendly uh, web-based app. So it's gotcha. faster deployment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got it. So the idea is that you can push out to all the different places that your employees may be, but then they can come back to it and check it and scroll through it um, and, and utilize it. Now this, um, the artificial intelligence side, the machine learning, sometimes it, people say it's okay, it's marketing speak, but tell me like dig into it. What kind yeah. of knowledge and, and um, uh, tactical, tactical things can people use it for to make yeah. smart decisions? So, so great question. And again, I totally agree. There's a lot of buzz, buzz going around it. Uh, but in core, you know, as you understand AI, AI is nothing but algorithms. And then you have data sets that train the algorithms. So we've built our algorithms. We use a company specific data sets to train the algorithms that can then uncover trends in the company or uncover, you know, basically look at uh, knowledge and then can say like, okay, here's where the gaps are. Here's where friction points are, or here's where like problems uncovering that you could look at. So to go deeper, just to go a little deeper, like some of our companies as a CEO, since we have access to a lot of different channels and basically the company chatter, right? On a public, with everything that's open, not, not personal level conversations, but open conversations, we can look, look at some of that data, we can mine that. And as a CEO, we can give you a summary saying, Here's the top three things that are coming up in your Houston office. Here's the biggest problem that happened last year, last week. Um, here's like the, you know, the, one of the biggest issues that were solved last week. Here's for the top trends. Here's what people were cheering about. And here's what we recommend you should take as an action or here's like a piece of information you can communicate out to your team. 
that's really powerful. Like as a CEO who's sitting in, who has asked like 600 offices, if you get a summary of every office every week, that's really powerful information. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's, it's studying all the, 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 the interaction and commenting that the employees are doing. So tell me some of the different, um, uh, platforms that it can monitor that you, you have integrations with so far? Sure, absolutely. So the biggest one is like we use surveys inside the platform so people can actually comment and give feedback. The second one is Slack and Microsoft Teams. So open channels on Slack, open channels on, on Microsoft Not private Teams. channels. So there's privacy Not there. Private, no. Employees yeah. don't have to feel that they're being watched and artificial absolutely. intelligence. No, absolutely. Yeah. So open channels, we can look at those. Um, and uh, uh, these are the main ones right now. Uh, but in the future, we have plans to go into the Microsoft suite and Google suite as well. So what kind of suggestions? Just give me an example. Give me a story here of what it could look like. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Like one of our customers is called Multiquip. Uh, they are a big IoT company. Uh, and they have, a, they have they, I think they have like 500 million in sales. So pretty big, decent size or pretty big company. One of the things that we use them for is like sales alignment. So for them, they have they use my they have they use Slack a lot. Mm. So they use a lot of comments on Slack. So their salespeople are on Slack channels. They're posting about deals. They're posting about you know like conversations with customers. So we're able to, for example, go in and listen to uh, that some of that information and say that okay, like this competitor is coming up again and again in in conversations. Flag it to the VP of Sales and say. Like, hey, I think, you know, one of the things you could do is like check out this competitor and create like a FUD sheet against the competitor. Like a lot of people are struggling when the competitor comes up. People struggle to what to say, what to answer, that how is Multiquip better? That's one example. But then we can also look at, you know, like how are the salespeople? Like there's a lot of specific things that we can go into. Uh, Another simple example is like just on a very high level, why is the rep who's doing really well, what do they do different than the others? And then can you communicate some of that learnings that the number one or number two reps have to others? So that's sales alignment. We focus a lot on operational alignment as well, which could be just day-to-day functioning of the business. And then these are the two focus areas. Like we focus on sales alignment and then focus on operational alignment, which could be based on like, you know, a lot of logistics pieces, like, and there's like seems to be logistic issues or training issues or big knowledge gaps that you could address. Your pricing methodology, are you pricing per employee or how, how does your uh, packages look like, look and work? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And as you know, as a startup, you know, we're always trying to figure out pricing. But when we first started, we were just charging like $100 a year to people. And then we were like, this seems like too cheap. We went to like 500 dollars a year <laughs> you know so we've always been expanding but uh now that when we work with mid-sized and large companies it can you know the the smallest uh like company that we serve we charge fifty thousand a year um and then we grow up from there too so we have some customers who are paying us uh two hundred thousand five hundred thousand we have a million dollar customer as well so it depends it's, it's a big scale it usually depends on the number of seats and the depth of use so what are the use cases they want to use it for since we're not an SMB product, it's hard to like make it as easy as, you know, like Amazon carts, like where you just pick something and you can choose the number of seats and features. I think we're still like trying to get better with that. Like I know Salesforce does it and 
we can do it too, but we're still trying to figure that out. But in, in the deal sizes or the customer packages are from 50,000 to 250,000, uh, which are like the most popular ones. Be sure to watch for part two of our conversation with Gaurav Bhattacharya, in which he tells us more about meeting the challenges he faces as an immigrant entrepreneur, the key factors he considers for moving his company forward, and some tips on where to look for new ideas. Thank you.